Chapter 3, Heart Talks for Greater Intimacy. Can you and your lover freely reveal to each other who you really are and what you really want, good and bad, strengths and weaknesses, hopes and fears, successes and failures? For many couples, the answer is at best a qualified yes, but for others it is no. Most people are afraid to let others, even a lover, know what they really feel about important personal issues. For example, sexual anxiety remains widespread, but most couples rarely talk about it enough to ally their fears. Although frustration in achieving personal goals may be discussed, few couples take the time to explore their deepest hopes. Lack of self-confidence, hidden resentment, painful memories, and secret desires are, un are universal. But few couples know how to help each other accept and resolve these powerful but hidden feelings. Most couples spend less than 30 minutes per week sharing their most intimate feelings. No wonder relationships go stale. Rather than explore their feelings, many couples assume they know how each other feels, when in reality, they are each afraid to ask. For love to remain exciting and vibrant, intense and deeply honest communication of feelings is vital. This chapter is about accepting the challenge and creating an adventure of mutual discovery. To begin, as an assessment of fears which stand in the way of heart-to-heart -heart communication is helpful. For some people, a fear of rejection is a primary inhibition. Almost everyone harbors some anxiety that if a lover really knew everything, rejection might be the result. Other people fear their own anger. They resist exposing their deepest feelings because they, are, they sense a rage that could lead to violence. Still others feel, fear an encounter with their own self-image. They fear that letting a lover know them will be humiliating or lead to feeling inferior. Those who desperately seek love and find it may discover a new worry, the fear of losing that love and once again being left to face life alone. The persistence of such fears makes creating and sustaining a great love relationship difficult, if not impossible. The following comments from participants in our seminars illustrate common fears in love relationships. Our love, our relationship has gone flat. I feel like you're bored with me. If my lover knew the real me, she would leave. I get a certain point in a relationship where I feel blocked. I can't get any closer. After we have sex, I feel lonely and disconnected. I'm afraid to risk my heart again. I don't want to get hurt. We've been living together for two years, but lately... We're distant from each other. I escaped to aerobics class, and he is glued to the TV. I don't feel loved or appreciated. We share the same house, the same bed, yet most of the time, we're like strangers. Withholding such feelings creates a burden on you and your relationship by undermining self-confidence and your ability to give and accept love. When two people hide their deepest feelings, the relationship is doomed to boredom and chronic frustration. Instead of making their needs clear, the couple begin to manipulate, intimidate, or induce guilt in each other. Affairs and divorce often follow. Overcoming fears of self-disclosure. How do you overcome fears of self-disclosure that will block heart-to-heart -heart communication with your love partner? We have developed a series of love fitness workouts called Heart Talks, based on the psychological principle that the best way to expand the capacity for love is to let go of fear. Heart Talks establish an emotional environment of care, safety, and trust. 
allowing both you and your lover to accept and enjoy the risk of self-disclosure, discover hidden parts of yourself, and develop new emotional connections. Those who learn and practice heart talks report that these exercises are exciting, challenging, and often lots of fun. Heart talks involve much more than sacred sentimental sentimentality. They are designed to help you discover the courage to be vulnerable, to divulge insecurities and pain, to endure conflict and struggles, and also to share your dreams and hopes. Heart talks instill the safety and trust necessary to do the psychological house cleaning that every intimate relationship requires. Even if your lover is uncooperative at first, the more self-disclosing you are, the more open and honest others will be around you. Talk from your heart and soon your life mate will join you. Heart talks can serve to benefit you and your love relationship in the following ways. One, emotional safety. You and your lover can create safety and trust to talk about whatever might be disturbing you. Two, tension release. Every love relationship will encounter rough points and accumulate frustration. Heart talks are a way of clearing the air. Three, nurturing and connecting. Heart-to-heart communication nurtures you and your lover in a way that no amount of physical sex alone can provide. Heart talks are a means to experience greater intimacy and connectedness on every level of your being. Four, learning more about yourself. Some people shy away from intimacy because they fear going deeper into themselves. A heart talk is a personal invitation to allow your lover to get closer to you and to help you discover more about yourself. Five, feeling affirmed, understood, and accepted. No matter how autonomous and independent you may be, it is important to be fully acknowledged and understood by those to whom you feel closest, particularly your lover. Heart talks help you and your lover make sure that each of you gets the acceptance and acknowledgement you need. Six, fun, play, and laughter. Heart talks are more than serious emotional conversations. They are also a means of having fun and experiencing the joys of intimacy. 7. Rediscovering your love partner. In the business of everyday life, it is easy to take your love f- lover for granted and assume you know how he or she thinks and feels. Heart talks are a means of rediscovering recent changes in your lover's feelings, ideas, and goals. 8. Energizing a love relationship. By strengthening the bonds of intimacy, heart talks allow you and your lover to experience new heights of passion. You will discover ways to in- ways of enjoying one another that you might not have even thought possible. 9. Healing yourself. Heart talks are also an opportunity to heal yourself by reclaiming your dark side. To love deeply, each of us must accept the feelings of hostility, fear, rage, confusion, and helplessness that lie within. Heart talks allow for repentance, forgiveness, and understanding the contradictory forces of love and anger. When, your love part, when love partners learn to embrace each other's dark sides, they also become more compassionate with themselves. Heart talks can revitalize a long-term relationship as well as deepen the experience of those newly in love. These ex- exercises will also be valuable for the reader who is not currently in a love relationship to practice with a close friend. Skill at being open yourself as well as helping others to be more open is one of the fastest ways to ensure a healthy, passionate love relationship.
Part blocks. If intimacy is so wonderful and yields such benefits, why is the fear of self-disclosure so widespread? The primary reason, as we have said, is that most people were exposed to the unhealthy emotional habits from early childhood. Since they didn't see their parents as models for intimate conversation, they never learned its value, much less how to do it. On the contrary, most people saw their parents engage in conflict, emotional withdrawal, or both. Another reason is that while new relationships are propelled by the excitement of romance, many couples get so caught up in their everyday lives, careers, finances, children, that they stop putting energy into their relationship without even realizing it. When they don't work as hard to maintain intimacy, they allow themselves to get emotionally flabby, and the relationship suffers. Before you work out with heart talks, insight into your heart blocks is helpful. Read the following statements and mark each one true or false as it applies to you. One, there are some things I'm just too embarrassed or ashamed to admit. Two, if I am open and vulnerable, my love partner will perceive me as weak and will lose respect for me. Three, if I share my true feelings with my lover, he or she will get angry or withdraw. Four, if I am completely open, it will be used against me. Five, as soon as a relationship gets serious, I worry it will end. Six, I want to be more intimate, but I just can't find the right person. Seven, I worry that my lover will grow bored with me. Familiarity breeds contempt. Eight, as I become more emotionally involved, I lose touch with reality. Work and other relationships suffer. Nine, when it comes to intimacy, I feel that I give too much and get too little in return. 10. After my previous love relationship, I doubt that I can be totally open and intimate with someone again. 11. I'm afraid of getting stuck in an unhappy marriage like my parents had. 12 through 20. I don't like to admit it, but sometimes when my love partner wants to be close and reach out to me, I seem to accept his or her feelings outwardly without really letting them touch me. I go into a monologue and become defensive. I behave in an arrogant, above-it-all fashion. I become analytical and intellectualized, staying away from my deeper feelings. I get irritated or start a fight. I pretend to be confused, saying, I don't really understand what's being said or asked for. I make jokes to avoid intimate conversation. I change the subject or ask, act as if the discussion isn't really important, as if there are responsibilities or real business to, be, to attend to. I suspect that my partner has hidden motives, wanting sex, permission to buy something, etc. If you marked three or fewer of the statements as true, you open your heart freely and aren't afraid to be vulnerable. If you marked four to eight of them true, you open your heart halfway, depending on circumstances and whom you are with. If you marked 9 to 14 statements as being true, you open your heart a crack to peek outside, possibly to risk taking a further step. If 15 or more were true, you keep the door to your heart locked and double bolted. Your score on this quiz is helpful in several ways. First, if you are among the high scores, 9 or more true, you can expect exercising with heart talks to feel awkward at first. Remember, that is okay. Learning new emotional skills will stretch your comfort zone. Second, the heart talk exercises described in this chapter 
are graded in intensity. The higher your score, the more time you should spend with the easier exercises before going on to more challenging ones. Third, take another look at your answers, paying attention to those marked true. You can gain valuable insight into how you protect your feelings, for example, by withdrawing, changing the subject, becoming intellectualized, etc. Be on the alert to drop these habitual defenses during heart talk exercises. Some cautions. Several cautions about self-disclosure. Although essential to personal growth and intimacy, self-disclosure is a process to be undertaken carefully. Total openness can impose an unrealistic standard upon love and marriage. To say that husband and wife should keep no secrets from one another and that complete honesty is always the best policy fails to recognize the human need for some zones of privacy. If you don't feel comfortable sharing the sexual details of past romances, there is no reason to feel as if you must. Also, there is no obligation to reveal a sexual fantasy or secret that you feel is just too personal to share with even your life mate. Intimacy does not mean you have to tell your lover everything. Self-disclosure must be done safely and in measured appropriate to the situation, measures appropriate to the situation. There are some disclosures that may lead to a disabling or even terminating a love relationship rather than strengthening it. For example, Roger had a one night stand with a woman he met at a convention. His love relationship with his wife, Lisa, was basically in good shape, and he thought that brief liaison would have no further impact on their marriage. Yet he also felt troubled by guilt. To use self-disclosure as a means of revealing his feelings, relieving his feelings of guilt, and to burden Lisa with the news of this brief affair would be inappropriate for this love relationship. In this case, it was probable that Lisa might not understand or forgive this disclosure were Roger to make it. Was it worth Roger's taking the risk of destroying his relationship with Lisa so that he could feel cleansed? Did he owe it to Lisa to share or not to share this information? There's no easy answer to such a personal decision. We are not condoning affairs, which we see as an emotional escape valve that may resort, that many resort to as a result of their lack of love fitness. What we are saying is that without a trained counselor in attendance, a confession of this nature may trigger consequences that neither participate, neither partner anticipates. The revelation of a one-night stand that would have no further consequences can actually lead to a serious impair, impairment or destruction of a relationship. Heart talks can be misused to psychologize psychologize a relationship to its death. Some people enter a relationship with the false assumption that they must expose and analyze every facet of their life mate's psyche. Heart talks are never meant for playing armchair psychiatrist with your loved one. If you discuss each other's traits ad nauseum, you may drive each other crazy. When communication is usurped by endless confrontation, introspection, and psyche searching, it is appropriate to say to your lover, tell me less rather than tell me more. Almost any truth or value taken to an extreme becomes false. So too with the value of openness. Getting to know and be 
known by a lover is exciting and emotionally enriching. Angrily letting it all hang out can be unkind as well as unwise, however. Just as important to intimacy as openness are propriety and good taste. There's no excuse for napalming your spouse's self-esteem. You are stupid, fat, and worthless. Everyone who meets you despises you. You are complete bore in and out of bed, and you're a rotten parent to boot. I mourn the day I married you. You get the picture. Spontaneity must be balanced with respect. Releasing every destructive thought you ever had about your life mate without some measure of self-censorship is cruel, hostile behavior, and absolutely uncalled for in a love-fit relationship. One last caution. Heart talks are not a cure for a relationship on the rocks. If you are in a marital crisis or feel your relationship is poor or unstable or that you or your partner will neglect, will react negatively to intimate sharing, it is best to contact a trained mental health expert or marriage counselor to assist in safely exploring self-disclosure and dealing with the subsequent issues that may emerge. Heart Talk Agreements The instructions for Heart Talk exercises are very simple, but strict adherence to the prescribed set of procedures is necessary to ensure correct practice. The first procedure, and one that we must insist upon, is also the primary rule for Tell Me More, as outlined in Chapter 2, and that is never interrupt your life mate. This is crucial in Heart Talks, since you take turns answering a question or completing a statement. For many people, the habit of interrupting is so ingrained that it occurs despite their best intentions. To avoid ensuing irritation and misunderstanding, we suggest passing a small heart-shaped pillow back and forth as a reminder not to interrupt. Whoever holds the heart talk pillow may speak without interruption while the other partner communicates, tell me more. Your heart talk pillow will become very special to both of you, a symbol of your love, commitment, and intimacy and it should only be used for your heart talks. Certain rules are essential to creating the emotional safety and trust to make heart talks work. Therefore, before trying a heart talk, both of you should first agree to the following. One, I promise not to withdraw emotionally or leave physically. I will not reject you for anything you wish to share. Two, I will make it safe for you to express your in most intimate feelings. I will stay open and vulnerable to you. Three, nothing you say will be used against you or to provoke an argument later. Four, I will be responsible for my emotions and I will not blame you for how I feel. If I do blame or complain, I will take immediate responsibility for doing so and stop. Five, I will share the truth from my heart as caringly, honestly, and respectfully as I can. Six, I will love you unconditionally and use any blocks or conflict that may arise as a stimulus to more learning and greater love. Seven, I will try not to manipulate, defend, or control what you communicate. Eight, I commit to dealing with and working through any barriers that come up in our heart talks until there is resolution and we are once again open and loving with each other. Nine, I agree that we can disagree. As we may not see eye to eye about all issues, we will each allow the other his or her feelings, understanding, and point of view. 10. I agree to finish each heart talk session with at least one embracing hug.
Remember, five hugs a day keeps the marriage counselor away and a sincere I love you. These agreements are so important that we suggest you photocopy them or keep the book open to this page during your heart talks. Take turns reading aloud these agreements before you begin your heart I talks. Create an appropriate environment for your heart talks. Disconnect the phone and take precautions against outside interruption. Also, until you learn to be in close, it's important to set up a proper distance. Use comfortable chairs placed three to three and a half feet apart, allowing for eye contact and enough space to be able to deal with any difficult feelings that may emerge. As you grow more comfortable, you can move closer together. Some people like to sit cross-legged on the floor or bed, holding hands while maintaining eye contact. Do what feels best to you and your lover. When dealing with very intense feelings of hurt, pain, or anger, you may want to have a little more distance, but always face each other with an open body position. Set a time limit at first, at least 30 minutes, but not more than one hour per sitting. This will preempt the tendency to feel like quitting when resistance comes up. Just as with a physical fitness program, three half-hour sessions a week is the minimum necessary for love fitness, while a full one-hour workout once every week or two will allow for even greater intimacy with your life mate. Keep in mind that love partners are not alike in their tolerance of or desire for intimacy. While almost everyone could use more intimacy, people have different paces, styles, and comfort zones that must be respected. To expand your capacity for intimacy, you will need to be more self-disclosing in your most private thoughts, feelings, and fantasies. But you will also need to respect your love partner's pace, your lover's pace and style of self-disclosure. Both of you must take responsibility for maintaining mutual respect, honoring your heart talk agreements, and creating an atmosphere of safety. Levels of intimacy. The hard talk diagram below depicts four levels of intimacy and personal privacy. Zone E covers emotionally neutral information. In this zone, communication consists primarily of explorations and attitudes, e.g., what I like most about my work is, my views on national defense are, I participate in environmental preservation by, levels F, A, and S represent zones of increasing intimacy, where you either let close friends, confidants, or lovers into your life and keep them out. It is at these levels that you begin to reveal your true self. At level F, you begin to communicate your feelings and desires, e.g., I feel frustrated. I'm optimistic. I hope. I look forward to. At level A, you share more intimate and difficult feelings about yourself, your relationship, and what is most important to you. The designation A is for ambivalence, the feelings that generate uncertainty, e.g. I'm confused about, sometimes I wonder if we'll make it. Level S is the innermost level of intimacy, secrets. This level represents the territory of hidden feelings and buried fears, e.g. I feel threatened when... Ever since I can remember, I've been afraid of S, secrets, A, 
ambivalence, F, feelings, E, explorations. Most people keep the content of levels A and S a wholly private concern. They share these thoughts, feelings, and wishes with no one, thereby severing a crucial link to a potential intimacy. If you are somewhat open and courageous, you can share from these innermost levels of the heart with perhaps one or two special people whom you trust completely. Level S allows for the deepest, most rewarding connection, since by definition, you trust no one, yet also requires great skill in sharing yourself. Disclosures at level S include those dealing with sex, sexual anxieties, fantasies, desires, and fears, dishonesty, corruption, shame, violence, and rage. These levels of intimacy form the acronym SAFE, S-A-F-E, a reminder of the key element of heart talks. You and your lover must create an emotional environment of total trust and safety. Once that is established, you can complete, be completely vulnerable, which leads to personal liberation from fear and therefore a higher quality of love. Heart Talks, Exercises for Intimacy. The following love fitness workouts are designed to assist lovers in communicating heart to heart. For each heart talk session, choose one exercise from the appropriate level and take turns completing the incomplete sentence. Remember to review your heart talk agreements before commencing each workout. Heart Talks, Level E, Explorations. One, the three people in history I would most likely to have most like to have as dinner guests in our home are two the personal and professional goals i want to accomplish in the next year are in the next five years are three a one month all expense all expense paid trip i would like to take anywhere in the world is four the three people who have most influenced my values and thinking are five my feelings about homosexuality are Six, what I would do to end world hunger is seven. My views on abortion are eight. How I feel about divorce is nine. I think our children should be brought up to ten. What you and I should do in relation to housework and child rearing is eleven. What I like best about my work and career is twelve. What I like least about my working career is 13. If I could have three magic wishes, I would wish for 14. My feelings about becoming, being a parent are 15. My religious beliefs are 16. God, in my view, is 17. I would like to spend more of our time 18. It would please me greatly if you were interested in... 19. What I have noticed recently about myself is 20. Three objects representing significant events in our life together that I value most are 21. What I feel to be a crucial to world peace is 22. Why are we here? What does your life, my life, our life, life have a bigger meaning? 
Here are some fun yet revealing questions to consider. 23. If your partner were to be an item of food, what would he or she be? Why? Describe why you chose this particular food to represent your love partner. 24. If your partner were to be an animal, what animal would he or she be? Again, describe why. Many couples find they can dramatically reduce tension as a result of self-disclosure, and with certain exercises, it devolves into laughter and tears of joy. We hope that Heart Talks help you stop taking yourself so seriously and discover that we human beings all have the same basic fears, needs, and hopes. If Heart Talks do no more than cause you and your love partner to laugh, play, and enjoy yourselves, won't they be worthwhile? Heart Talks, Level F. Feelings. 1. The two biggest personal challenges I am facing in my life at present are 2. What I am most worried, concerned about this week is 3. An important change I would like to see in you is 4. If I could change one thing about the way I was raised, it would be 5. The five specific things I feel most grateful for are 6. Personal living or work habits I would like to change in myself are 7. The reasons I have the better deal in our relationship are 8. The reasons you have the better deal in our relationship are 9. The kind of funeral I would like to have is 10. The way I would enjoy being famous are 11. Three specific things that make you a pleasure to live with are 12. Three specific things that make you difficult to live with are 13. What I am most afraid of is 14. The, the person I most resent is 15. My feelings about my success in life are 16. My greatest anxieties are 17. An unforgettable event evening with you would be 18. A perfect weekend with you would consist of 19. An important change I want to see in myself is Heart Talks Level A, Ambivalences. 1. The best thing about our sex life is 2. The worst thing about our sex life is 3. Parts of my body and appearance I dislike the most are 4. Parts of my body and appearance I feel best about are 5. The most self-destructive behavior pattern I notice in me is 6. The most self-destructive behavior pattern I notice in you is 7. The three things I like least about my life are 8. The three things I like best about my life are 9. The way I would feel more loved by you is 10. What are some major decisions in your life you would like would change if you could do so? 11. How well do you live up to your moral, spiritual, and ethical values? 12. How would you like to be remembered after you die? 13. What aspects of your personality do you worry about or regard as weakness? 14. What would you be willing to die for? 15. What are your three most treasured memories of our love? 16. Have you ever felt hatred for someone in your family? Why? 17. Whom else have you ever hated and why? 18. 
What are the five greatest achievements in your life? 19. What do you think are the five greatest achievements in my life? 20. When did you last cry by yourself and why? 21. What do you really think about my family, your in-laws? 22. What do you like and dislike about our children? 23. If you knew that you only had one year to live, what about your life would you change and what would you like to do? 24. If there were three specific qualities or abilities you wanted me to acquire, what would they be? 25. What would you do if you discovered I had contracted AIDS or a similarly life-threatening disease? 26. Is there something you have dreamed about doing for a long time but have not done as yet? 27. Was there ever a time in your life when you had suicidal thoughts? What was going on? 28. If friends and family members gave you the worst possible but honest feedback about yourself, what might they say? Heart Talks, Level S, Secrets. 1. The three most dishonest, dishonorable things I have ever done are... 2. Things I have done that I feel most ashamed of are... 3. Sometimes when I feel sexually excited, I... 4. Fears and inhibitions I have and don't want known are... 5. Faults and disabilities I have but don't like to acknowledge are... 6. The most magical, mysterious experience I've ever had was... 7. I've been secretly resentful about... 8. Two specific things I don't want you to know about me are... 9. If I were to die within the next 24 hours, what would I most want to communicate to you is... 10. Do you have a secret sexual fantasy that you would like to have fulfilled? 11. What were the most embarrassing moments of your adolescence? 12. What actions have you most regretted in your life and why? 13. What was your worst experience with non-prescribed drugs or alcohol? 14. What specific events in your life have been the most traumatic and emotionally painful? 15. What outrageous thing might you do sexually if you were sure no one would hurt or laugh at you? 16. When did you last want to scream or yell at me, and why? 17. What thoughts do you have when you see yourself nude in the mirror? 18. What have been your biggest disappointments in life? 19. What have been your biggest failures? 20. What is your biggest, darkest secret? Late night heart talks. Some couples prefer to engage in heart talks at the end of the day while in bed. Life mates take turns completing at least one of the statements. One, what worked in my relationship with you today is the purpose is to share specific feelings, events, and observations that contribute to a constructive way to the overall enhancement of the relationship. You may identify something positive that your lover said or did during the day. You might also acknowledge yourself for some contribution to the relationship, such as a new way of behaving or the correction of an emotional habit that had caused problems. Here's an example from one client. I noticed that when I took a wrong turn on our way to the meeting last night, you did not criticize me as you would have in the past. 
I asked for your assistance and acknowledged that I was unsure of how to get there. I felt good about my willingness to acknowledge a mistake and was appreciated and appreciated your understanding. Two, what did not work for me in my relationship with you today is, again, this statement, which follows, may be descriptions of the events, conversations, and observations which the speaker perceived as problems in the relationship. As the speaker shares those feelings, the listener does not interrupt or comment, except to say, tell me more. The purpose of this exercise is to create an opportunity for regular feedback in the relationship. The more specific the statement, the more easily appropriate adjustments can be made. Three, what worked in my relationship with me today is, this exercise allows you to acknowledge and reinforce desirable habits and achievements. Here's another example from a client. Although I felt tired at the end of the day, I took time to walk on the beach and get my exercise. I felt great afterward, and I'm glad I took the time in spite of fatigue. Patting yourself on the back in this way will reinforce personal growth. You and your lover can be cheerleaders for each other. It works. Four, what did not work for me in my relationship with me today is, this exercise is intended to assist lovers in acknowledging and encouraging their respective personal growth. For example, one client noted, I was really a jerk for not being more assertive in today's presentation to a new customer. I need to improve my sales skills in this business. By inviting your lover to understand what changes you are trying to make in your own life and your career, you give your lover an opportunity to understand your weakness and to help you develop new strength. Such mutual disclosure allows you and your lover to better understand each other's personal struggles and feel supported. These late night heart talks are not for introducing heavy issues, but rather to connect emotionally with your life mate at the end, at the day's end. Once both partners have completed the statements, discuss what you share. An adventure of the heart. Frequently in relationships, one person is more emotionally open and spontaneous, while the other is more constrained and reserved. In the early phases of dating, this match seems to work well. The person who's more emotionally open, usually the woman, finds stability and security in the one who has his feet firmly planted on the ground. The more emotionally closed individual finds fun, joy, and an emotional outlet by vicariously experiencing his lover's emotional intensity. However, opposites not only attract, they can also repel. Either person or both can become bored, disappointed, or frustrated. The emotionally open partner may control, may feel controlled and constricted by her lover, who now seems to not just have his feet on the ground, but encased in cement. To adjust to his rigidity, she may restrict her desires, inhibit her passion, and feel resentful. The more reserved, emotionally constrained lover may feel threatened and rejected and further heighten his self-protection. Deep intimacy becomes increasingly difficult at a time in their love relationship when they need it most. 
Such was the case for Bill, a corporate vice president, and Julia, who returned to her job as a city planner once their three-year-old son was enrolled in a daycare center. Married for five years, they attended a seminar of ours and spoke of their success in managing a two-career household. Over the last year, however, Julia and Bill had grown increasingly distant from each other. They bickered frequently over minor matters, and their sex life was practically non-existent. The following diagram illustrates how Bill and Julia operated in terms of self-disclosure and fears of intimacy. Secrets, ambivalences, feelings, explorations. Although both communicated freely at levels E and F, neither were sharing his or her innermost world, levels A and S, were almost completely blocked. Bill and Julia had deluded themselves into believing they had a great relationship when in fact they kept their most int intimate feelings, thoughts, and desires to themselves. When love partners first invite each other to share deep feelings through heart talks, they often try to limit disclosure to feelings that are non-threatening to each other's self-image or the stability of the relationship. Women encourage men to express hurt and even cry, but are often dismayed by subsequent expressions of rage, sexual boredom, and confusion. Likewise, men may encourage women to be more assertive, but experience great difficulty hearing about their life mate's fears and resistance to playing the traditional wife-mother role. Bill and Julia were surprised at how powerful heart talks can be. By using heart talks to create the necessary environment of emotional safety, they learned that once threatening thoughts and feelings produced no lasting pain. Through these regular sessions of self-disclosure, they overcame deep personal fears and discovered that they could share painful, suppressed feelings, actually with greater respect, confidence, and love for each other than ever before. Some of the heart talks that Bill and Julia found most revealing were the following. Level A, ambivalences. 10. What are some major decisions in your life you would change if you could do so? 24. If there were three specific qualities or abilities you wanted me to acquire, what would they be? 28. If friends and family members were willing to give you the worst possible but honest feedback about yourself, what might they say? Level S. Secrets. 7. I've been secretly resentful about. 8. Two specific things I don't want you to know about me are. 16. When did you last want to scream or yell at me, and why? What follows is an ex excerpt from Bill and Julia's first session with her. Julia, you've encouraged me to go back to work to help out with expenses and take some of the pressure off you, but now that I'm working full-time, you complain that it takes away from the quality time I spend with you and our son. You wanted me to depend on you less and earn my own way, but you don't want my career to interfere with your plans either. I get a week less vacation time than you, yet you expect me to just take three weeks off. Sometimes you say to me, please tell me what's upsetting you. Yet when I try to tell you why I'm angry, you say I'm ungrateful or just under a lot of stress. That infuriates me even more. When I do make myself available to pamper and please you, I feel taken for granted or like I'm just complying with your demands. If I take too much time for me with yoga classes, getting my nails done, or going out with my girlfriends. You accuse me of being selfish and rejecting. When I attempt to relate my frustrations about work, you go into a monologue about harsh realities and office politics. 
and how I should understand now that you now what you've been going through. You want me to not complain and be tough, but not be too tough for you. You want me to take more sexual initiative and be more passionate, yet when I try to be sexually assertive, you feel pressured and intimidated. Either way, I'm frustrated and you seemed closed off and bored. You still make the rearing of our son my prime responsibility while you just pitch in and maybe give him a bath or read him a story. You act like Dr. Child Expert, accusing me of being overprotective or ignoring his needs. Why didn't you share more of the parenting with me? Why don't you share more of the parenting with me? Bill. You resent having to take prime responsibility for household chores, yet I put in longer hours at work and I am still chiefly responsible for our financial support. When I do vac vacuum or put away the dishes, you get super critical and say it's easier to do it yourself. You encourage me to have male friends, but when I spend time with them, you feel rejected and even jealous. I then feel guilty for neglecting you and our son. You say I should work less, but since you've gone back to work, we're also spending much more. You think I'm preoccupied with money and my career as a way of avoiding you. That hurts. You want me to be successful world beater and yet you completely and be, yet be completely relaxed, available and intimate. Well, You've discovered for yourself it's not that easy. You want me to be more romantic and sensual and less sexually driven and goal-oriented. Yet you wonder what's wrong if I do relax and but occasionally lose my erection. You want me to be a great sexual performer your way. I feel confused and manipulated. When I want to be nurtured and cared for, you say I'm demanding. I'm reluctant to ask for a back rub or request a special meal. If I don't share my feelings and needs... You say I'm closed off from you. If I do express them, you think I'm selfish and needy. I resent that you don't appreciate how much I love our son. You accuse me of only having fun times with him if I buy him a toy. No matter what I do, it's never enough. You play the martyr, and I can't please you. Julia and Bill were troubled by conflict and expectations common among two career couples. They found it difficult to break away from the old, dominant male, submissive female relationship and become true life mates. Julia's heart talks were signaling, Don't treat me like a child. I share decisions and responsibilities equal with you. While Bill was expressing, Work and be more independent, but continue to depend on me so I'll feel powerful and in control. Through the continued practice of heart talks, what began as a seri serious, often tense sharing evolved into a healthy exchange of perspectives. Revelations of an extremely sensitive nature were discussed with care and resolved. As Julia described, it felt so good not to have to center, censor myself or just say what I should to keep the peace. I felt a new freedom, like I could say anything to Bill and he would still be my best friend. A few times, Bill wept deeply, as well as laughed. I never felt so exposed and yet unjudged by Julia or anyone for that matter. I've stopped being so self-critical. Julia and I have really got to know and love each other in a way I never dreamed was possible. Heart talks didn't by themselves generate answers to all the questions in Bill and Julia's relationship. Bill and Julia still had important decisions to make about how to accommodate each other's needs. But resolving conflict and making choices became much easier than ever before. Since Julia and Bill no longer had to be so careful with each other, they learned to speak from their hearts more spontaneously. 
Heart Talks allowed them to exchange and explore each other's inner lives, as well as experience deeper levels of love. Renewing your love. An intimate relationship must be continually nourished to endure. What ruins relationships? There are certainly many factors. One may be that you no longer remember and fail to regularly bring to your attention the qualities that attracted you to your lover in the first place. The following is a special practice for renewing your love with a life mate. Allow 20 minutes of an uninterrupted time. Sit in front of each other as closely as possible. Be silent. Close your eyes. Breathe slowly and deeply and relax each part of your body. Tune into yourself. Let go of concerns and cares of the day. Take the time to get centered, peaceful, and loving. When you and your life mate have both opened your eyes, again, without speaking, take each other's hands. Look into your life mate's eyes openly and lovingly. Keep gazing into each other's eyes as you gently breathe love back and forth. You might also visualize a beam of light pouring down on both of you. With each breath, the light grows brighter, especially connecting your hearts. Now, bring to mind a specific time when you felt powerfully attracted to your lover and most deeply and passionately in love. Reach down into your memory and bask in these beautiful feelings. Continue to breathe fully and radiate love through your eyes and breath. Most important, Feel how all this is happening right now. It isn't just a memory. This connection, intimacy, and passion has been there all along, covered by superficial daily activities. So go ahead and feel your attraction to this wondrous being in front of you. Continue to breathe away all your fear and concerns. Keep opening your heart and enter an entire body to these exciting feelings of yearning, passion, and surrender. If sexual feelings arise, allow these to also flow through your entire body. Look deeply into the eyes of your beloved. Merge every part of your being with each other. When you have completed the nonverbal aspect of this practice, take another 10 minutes to have a heart talk, sharing with one another your experience. The more often you practice renewing your love, the more likely you are to sustain a long-lasting, intimate relationship. Each time you look at each other's faces, all those powerful, loving, happy moments will be triggered. During the day, all you'll have to do is make significant eye contact to tap into your joy and love. We highly recommend renewing your love before lovemaking and before you do your heart talk exercises. This is among the most powerful exercise that life mates can practice. Take the time. Family Heart Talks. The following case demonstrates how heart talks can help families. Ron, an engineer, was 36 years old when he married Alexis, who he had met through her work as an interior designer. After the honeymoon, Ron and Alexis moved in together along with Alexis's 10 and 16-year-old sons from a previous marriage. 
Yet within six months after the wedding, their happy family was in serious trouble. Ron described the problem. I wanted to marry Alexis. That part was easy. Unfortunately, the kids came with the package. From the beginning, they did everything in their power to make life difficult for me. It may have been com competition for Alexis's attention or a way to stay loyal to their father, or perhaps they just didn't like me. In any case, after working five, sometimes six days a week, I wanted to relax quietly at home. I like to watch football on Sundays, but when her sons had their friends over, it was so noisy I could barely hear the TV. To make matters worse, when I laid down the law, those brats would run crying to their mother. No matter whether they were right or wrong, she defended them. She said I was a bigger baby than the kids and accused me of harboring bad feelings towards them. Damn right I did. Those little monsters were driving me crazy, and they knew exactly what they were up to. Ron further lamented. For years I avoided marriage and starting a family because I couldn't imagine being a parent. When I wound up with the role of dad for Alexis's kids, it was worse than I had ever imagined it could be. Ron was a self-critical, highly disciplined individual. He believed that when you say something once and kids don't listen, start yelling. So when he didn't gain immediate cooperation from his stepsons, Ron got angry and hostile to show them who's boss. We explained to Ron that running a family is somewhat like running a business. If the principles don't meet regularly, chaos will ensue. Too often, when they do meet, it's due to an emergency or conflict resulting from this lack of communication. To avoid such management by crisis, regular meetings are needed to focus on what the principals are doing right, review each person's and the family's needs, and prevent unnecessary problems. At our suggestion, Ron began the first family meeting by describing the purpose of getting together. Addressing both children, Ron stated with affection, we didn't be asked to, asked to be thrown together, but because I loved your mother and you were her children, nature put us in the same lifeboat. It would have been smarter if we'd acknowledged that to each other in the beginning and then started to work together as a family. I'd like to hear your feelings about having been thrown together. With support from Alexis and Ron saying, tell me more, the kids talked of their lingering pain after Alexis's divorce. They vented some of their anger at suddenly being roommates with Ron, and they expressed rage towards Ron's critical perfectionist attitude not one of kindness and permissiveness like their real father. To Ron's credit, he stayed open and receptive throughout. He told them he was committed to learning to love and accept them. Ron concluded the meeting by affirming, instead of making life miserable for one another, let's see how each of us can begin to make our family life more satisfying. And he gave each child and Alexis a big hug. To improve cooperation in subsequent family heart talks, we suggested an additional exercise. Everyone has preferences about how others should request cooperation. In this exercise, each family member is asked to describe the words and actions that make him or her want to cooperate and those that make him or her more likely to rebel. For instance, Ron began by saying, I feel like cooperating when Alexis or either of the boys asks me in a pleasant voice and waits to hear if I have any objections feel like rebelling when anyone starts by blaming me for something and makes me feel like I've done something wrong. Alexis's older son shared the following, Ron, I feel exactly the same way you do. I'll be cooperative if I don't think you're laying a power trip on me. I rebel when you act bossy and growl at me. I get scared and think you just hate me. 
At that family meet, heart talk, Ron declared that he was going to work on being more affectionate and less quick-tempered with the boys. He also requested that they tell him directly whenever they're upset with his actions rather than complaining behind his back to Alexis. The meeting ended on a positive note with an exchange of hugs. Ron saw that when he gently but firmly explained his needs and preferences, the boys understood and cooperated. He discovered it actually took less effort than yelling. Ron described the change in behavior as a result. I don't need to blow up and cause the kids to be rebellious and defiant. Instead of playing the tough guy all the time, I've started to connect with them in a way that Alexis can support. At the next meeting, Ron, Alexis, and their two sons made a list of chores and responsibilities each was willing to undertake. From then on, each weekly family heart talk included the discussion of the agreements this I kept this week are, the agreements I broke this week are, and the changes I'm making so that I can keep all of my agreements next week are. At the beginning of each family heart talk, they went around the circle sharing two things they had appreciated about each family member during the past week. This helped maintain an atmosphere of love and support. Though conflicts arose occasionally, the level of trust and affection grew. Ron became still skillful at catching the kids doing something, even approximately right, and praising them for it. It's easy for a parent to blame an adolescent for breakdowns in communication. A teenager's increasing demands and defiant attitudes can disrupt family life. They present a challenge to any adult, especially a step-parent, to listen openly without judgment and say, tell me more. Weekly family heart talks are a way in which parents and children, as young as five years old, can share feelings on equal footing. These meetings generate a power, profound and heartfelt experience of family. I love you and... One final principle regarding heart talks is essential. Certain words and phrases inadvertently cause negative results. When you say to your loved one, I love you, but you actually make a coercive statement which implies, I won't love you unless you agree to do what I say. On the other hand, if you say, I love you and I'd prefer if you would, you communicate your unconditional love along with the request for him or her to acknowledge your needs and preferences. Let us consider in more depth the ever-present three-letter word, but. Used automatically, particularly in, a, in intimate relationships, this little word, but, can be deceptively destructive. When you are communicating, I love you, but, you are in a, invalidating your love. Similarly, if you say to your life mate, that is true, but, what you are really implying is that his or her experience or feelings are not true or else irrelevant. The word but has negated everything your lover has said. Just think how you feel if your lover says to you that he or she agrees with you, but, or that he or she loves you, but, when you simply substitute the word and instead, it creates a whole different experience of heart-to-heart -heart communication. For example, if you say, that is true, and let me share with you my experience of what took place, or that is valuable feedback, and here's how I experienced the same situation. The word but creates disagreement and resistance. The word and introduces agreement and creates intimate communication. Of course, it's not just what you say, but how you say it. 
you can set limits with your life mate when you maintain an attitude of love and sensitivity to his or her needs. When you are defensive, critical, or judgmental, no amount of discussion and no amount of and versus but will result in a solution both of you and your lover can enjoy. In other words, our recommendations here are not just a matter of form. You must take to heart the fundamental difference in telling your lover, I love you and, as opposed to, I love you but. Just as I love you but causes negative results, so does, but I love you. The commonly heard protest, but I love you, signals that you might feel great love and express it vehemently, and yet, to your great frustration, you are not believed. Most of us tend to love one another in the way we wish to be loved ourselves. A key to becoming life mates is to stop insisting, but I love you, and start discovering how your love partner experiences being loved. For many of us, it is not just the words, I love you, but specific actions that communicate love. For example, a husband may say, I love you, sweetheart, and she responds, no, you don't. If you did, you would still look at me and touch me lovingly the way you did when we were dating. You don't bring me little surprises or take me on romantic trips anymore. For the husband to feel hurt and protest, but I do love you, is to miss the communication. In his preoccupation with business, he has forgotten to touch his wife in the special ways that make her feel most loved. Instead of protesting, the husband would benefit much more by every few months creating a special I love you day for his wife that could include her favorite flowers, a love poem, a romantic dinner, an overnight stay at a bed and breakfast inn, a full body massage, and once again, looking into her eyes in that special way. Such intimacy is what his wife needs to re-experience his love and what he needs to feel acknowledged. Knowing how to make your life mate feel completely loved is a crucial love fitness skill. Sit down and have a heart talk. How do you experience being loved? How do you like to be touched and spoken to, looked at, and shown that your life mate loves you? Be very specific. This heart talk is a powerful means to rediscover the similarities and differences between how each of you needs to be loved. Particularly in your heart talks, if you can learn to use the following four phrases, you may well experience improvements in your relationship as powerful as that which follows from tell me more. Here are the four phrases. I love you and I appreciate you and I agree with you and I respect your point of view and when you use the above four phrases, you are first of all building love, appreciation, respect, and agreement with your beloved partner. You are validating his or her point of view. You are building rapport and acknowledging communication rather than ignoring and denigrating what he or she has to say. Further, you are creating a bond by which you and your life mate can accept different situations and acknowledge that you may have different, differing points of view. These four phrases will help you avoid unnecessary conflict, communicate clearly, and enjoy greater intimacy.